Hello, and welcome to Ramblings with a Medical Historian. I'm your host, Nicole Curry, and this is a podcast where I ramble on about medical history. I look at strange practices, common misconceptions, and medicine throughout history. I also talk about some interesting Canadian and local history. This is Season 2, Episode 5. Since March is Women's History Month, I thought I might talk about some women in medicine. Let us begin with ancient medicine. I found the article, Female Physicians in Ancient Egypt, by Joshua J. Mark from the World History Encyclopedia, very helpful. The link will be on the website, for which the link is in the episode description or show notes. The evidence for women in the medical field in Egypt has been largely ignored by historians, which is nothing new since women have been overlooked in all aspects of history by both men and women. Eminent Egyptologist Barbara Watterson claims that physicians in Egypt, quote, were all, with one or two exceptions, male, end quote. Statements like this get perpetuated until someone breaks the cycle and goes back to the primary sources and shares the facts and encourages others to seek the truth. The author of the article discusses evidence of women in the medical profession going back to the early dynastic period in Egypt, circa 3150 to circa 2613 BCE. When Merit Patel was the royal court's chief physician, circa 2700 BCE. Merit Patel is the first female doctor known by name in world history, but evidence suggests a medical school at the Temple of Neith in Sais, a city in Lower Egypt, run by a woman whose name is unknown, circa 3000 BCE. Although we may not see female physicians appearing in Egyptian history as frequently as males, that does not mean that there were no female medical practitioners. Women were highly respected throughout Egypt's history, and female symbols appear early and throughout. We can see that female deities were linked to medicine and even played dominant roles, so why should this not be reflected in society? Egyptian culture is infused with feminine power, and women were accorded almost equal rights and standing. Women could own land, initiate divorce, own businesses, and become priestesses and scribes. Before Hippocrates, who is named as the father of medicine, there is the first physician of the early dynastic period or old kingdom of Egypt, the architect Imhotep, circa 2667 to 2600 BCE best known for creating Dozier's Step Pyramid and his medical works arguing for disease as a natural occurrence, not a punishment from the gods. He was later deified as a god of healing and medicine. Imhotep is not seen as a big figure in medical history unless you truly study the subject and look at ancient Egypt. Two women from around Imhotep's time were also noted for their medical practice and achievements, even though, as the author states, they seem the most famous Egyptian doctors no one has ever heard of. The first female physician in Egyptian history is Merit Patel, who lived circa 2700 BCE, towards the end of the early dynastic period. Merit Patel is 
not only the first female doctor known by name, but the first woman mentioned in the study of science. Her inscription left by her son was found on a tomb at Skara, naming her chief physician, a position which would have made her a teacher and supervisor of males. As chief physician, she would have also attended the king. But exactly which king is uncertain because the second dynastic records are poorly preserved. The second known female medical practitioner of this time was Pesset, circa 2500 BCE, known as Lady Overseer of Female Physicians and who may have been associated with the Temple School at Saïs. She has also been cited as the first female doctor known by name, but it is unclear whether she was best known as a practicing physician or a teacher. Bassett was referred to in inscriptions as the king's associate, which suggests she was the personal physician of the monarch. She is also associated with the training of midwives, one of the few references to such training in Egyptian history. All the information about her comes from her stele at Giza. And though this is scanned, it does establish Bassett as a medical practitioner and also makes clear that there were other female physicians practicing at the time whom, whom she supervised or trained. Certain female Egyptian leaders like Queen Hatshepsut, 1479-1458 to 1458 BCE, founded medical schools and or encouraged women to pursue medicine. Women in Egypt continued to exercise authority in medicine and sciences until Christianity took over in the 4th century CE. The clearest evidence of this is seen in the life of Hypatia of Alexandria, circa 370 to 415 CE. The philosopher who instructed her largely male students in philosophy and sciences until she was murdered by a Christian mob. Moving into Greek society, we have a records of a few female physicians, such as Agamede, was cited by Homer as a healer in ancient Greece before the Trojan War. Agnodice was the first female physician to practice legally in the 4th century BCE Athens. Metrodora was a physician and generally regarded as the first female medical writer. Her book, On the Disease and Cures of Women, was the oldest medical book written by a female and was often referenced by many other female physicians. She credited much of her writings to the ideologies of Hippocrates. Now let's move forward to the Middle Ages. During this time, convents were a centralized place of education for women, and some of these communities provided opportunities for women to contribute to scholarly research. An example of this is a German abbess, Hildegard of Bingen, whose prolific writings include treatments of various scientific subjects, including medicine, botany, and natural history, circa 1151-1158 CE. She is considered Germany's first female physician. Women in the Middle Ages participated in the healing arts. They occupied select ranks of medical personnel during this period. They worked as herbalists, midwives, surgeons, barber surgeons, nurses, and traditional empirics. 
Women healers treated most patients, not limiting themselves to treating solely women. The names of 24 women described as surgeons in Naples, Italy, between 1273 and 410 have been recorded, and references have been found to 15 women practitioners, most of them Jewish and non-described as midwives in Frankfurt, Germany, between 1387 and 1497. Women also engage in midwifery and healing arts without having their activities recorded in written records and practice in rural areas where there was little access to medical care. Society in the Middle Ages limited women's role as physicians. Once universities established faculties of medicine during the 13th century, women were excluded from advancing in the medical education. Licensure began to require clerical vows for which women were ineligible, and healing as a profession became male-dominated. In many occasions, women had to fight against accusation of illegal practice done by males, putting into question their motives. If they were not accused of malpractice, then women were considered witches by both clerical and civil authorities. Surgeons and barber surgeons were being organized into guilds. They could no longer hold against the pressures of licensure and the independent women. Like other guilds, a number of their barber surgeons' guilds allowed the daughters and wives of their members to take up the membership in the guild, generally after the male's death. Catherine the Surgeon of London, daughter of Thomas the Surgeon and sister of William the Surgeon, belonged to the guild in 1286. Documentation of female members in the guilds of Lincoln, Norwich, Dublin, and York continue until late in the period. Midwives who assisted pregnant women through childbirth and some aftercare initially included only women. Midwife constituted roughly one-third of female medical practitioners. Men did not involve themselves in women's medical care. Women did not involve themselves in men's health care. The southern Italian coastal town of Salerno was a center of medical education and practice in the 12th century. In Salerno, the, the physician Trota of Salerno compiled a number of her medical practices in several written collections. One work on women's medicine that was associated with her, the Decurus Maliarum, on treatments of women, formed the core of what came to be known as the Trotula Ensemble, a compendium of three texts that circulated throughout medieval Europe. Trota herself gained a reputation that spread as far as France and England. Dorothea Bucca, an Italian physician, was chair of philosophy and medicine at the University of Bologna for over 40 years from 1390. Other Italian women whose contributions in medicine have been recorded include Abella, Jacqueline Felice de Almania, Alexandra Giliani, Rebecca de Guarna, Margarita, Mercuriad, 14th century, Constance Calenda, Clarice di Drusio, 15th century, Contenza, Maria Incarnata, and Thomasia di Matteo. For the medieval Islamic world, 
Little information is known about female medical practitioners, although it is likely that women were regularly involved in medical practice in some capacity. Male medical writers refer to the presence of female practitioners while describing certain procedures or situations. The late 10th century and early 11th century, Andalusia physician and surgeon Aswadi wrote that certain medical procedures were difficult for male doctors practicing on female patients because of the need to touch the genitalia. Male practitioners were required to either find a female doctor who could perform the procedure or a eunuch physician or a midwife who took instruction from the male surgeon. The existence of female practitioners can be inferred through primary sources. Midwives played a prominent role in the delivery of women's health care. To date, no known medical treatises written by a woman in the med- in the medieval Islamic world have been identified. Women's participation in the medical profession was generally limited by legal and social practices during the decades while medicine was professionalizing. Women openly practiced medicine in the allied health professions such as nursing, midwifery, etc. And throughout the 19th and 20th centuries, women made significant gains in access to medical education and medical work through much of the world, although the practice of medicine remains disproportionately male overall. Women continued to dominate in nursing. There was a shift in the late Middle Ages and into the Renaissance when women were even being pushed out of midwifery and had to fight to regain control of this field, but that will be discussed in a later episode. You can find more information about me and the podcast on my website. The link is in the episode description. That is where you can find all the sources that I used for today's episode. You can contact me at Ramblings with a Medical Historian on Facebook and Instagram or you can send an email to ramblings.mh at gmail.com. That is all for now. I hope you keep listening, and remember, keep rambling on.